Hey everybody, I'm Greg Soule and this is Why Am I, a podcast where I talk to interesting people and try and trace a path to where they find themselves today. My guest this go-around is Addie Starr, two R's. Uh, during the week, she's a middle school French teacher, and on the weekends, believe it or not, she is a professional wrestler. Yeah, like professional wrestler like the kind you see on TV. I really uh, have trouble thinking of two things that are more diametrically opposed, Uh, but uh, not only do they coexist in Addy, but they genuinely seem to complement and uh, build on each other. Um, I hope you enjoy this conversation with the all-American Canadian, Addy. Addy Starr, thank you for joining me in the uh, why am I podcast? I almost said fantasy restaurant, but that's the one we just did. So thank you for joining me today. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great excellent. to be here. So you and I are complete strangers. We are standing in line at this uh, place they used to call banks where you would go inside and you would have to do things. Right. <laughs> and uh, for whatever reason, we're in there, we're standing in line. There's a little old lady who brought, you know, five pounds of pennies and so they're going through that right now and so we're just having a conversation i tell you that i uh sell paper products to uh offices right so i, I think i just channeled mm-hmm. thunder mifflin there that's not where i meant to go but that's where it went you did. anyway uh we talk about that for a second and then we get bored of that we exhaust that so it's your turn to reciprocate so addy who are you um, so my name is Addy. Uh, I live in Canada, in Ontario, near Toronto. Uh, I am a teacher during the week. Uh, teach French to middle school kids, um, and on the weekends, I am a professional wrestler um, and go around uh, all around Canada, the U.S., and the world, um, wrestling for different companies in different places. So <laughs> that is such. That is such an incongruous <laughs> statement. Um, you just made toast and you just put toothpaste on top of it. So it's like, yeah. it's. I'm just curious, like what kind of reaction do you normally get when you have this conversation if you're in some random place talking to somebody? Uh, it's always, it, the, the number one question is how did you get into wrestling? That's like the number one thing people ask me is how did I start doing it? So I have to go through that, that question quite often. Um, and oftentimes people are just kind of like not sure what it means for me to be a wrestler. Um, they think it's like I work for like a specific company and I get paid like in a contract or they think that, um, it's like a wrestling league that I do it every week at like some, some gym in the, in the, in the city. Um, so people just don't really get it, um, unless they have actually watched like WWE or AEW recently and they know what it is and know what's going on. They just don't really know what it is that I do. That's so yeah. really it's just a lot of confusion, I guess, right off the bat. Yeah. <laughs> Tons of confusion. So you mentioned yeah. a wrestling league. Is that actually a thing? Are there wrestling leagues? Not really. It's it's not really it's like being a wrestler is kind of like being a, a musician or median um it's you you have to promote yourself and you get booked by companies um so there's lots and lots of different companies all around the world um and they will contact you and ask you to come work for them um so it's like being a free agent really um unless you are signed to one specific company and you work for them exclusively um yeah so there's no league it's just different companies that you go work for 
you yourself are a free agent. You have to do all of your own promotion and stuff like that. I'm assuming, well, I was going to say, I'm assuming that's taxing and pain in the butt, but I noticed, um, I mean, you do like a great job of keeping up on Twitter. You are a Twitter fiend. You do the, uh, you're on the grand, yeah. you're on the Instagram. Uh, I don't see you crazy on there. It seems like you do most of your work on Twitter, but is that taxing in between creating lessons plan, lesson plans, teaching everything in between trying to like also promote yourselves? Like, how do you keep up with that? Yeah, it's really hard. Um, I, I was talking to another wrestler today and we were talking about how like lots of, you know, big famous bands have social media yeah, yeah. people and they have agents that, that get them booked places and they have, you know, people that do their merch for them. And we as, as independent wrestlers uh, do that all of ourselves. Like it's so I do all my own merch. I do all my own promotion. I do all my own social media. I do everything myself. And um I'm not as good as I could be because I am busy during the week doing my lesson plans, doing marking, you know, doing my, my real life stuff. Also, I have like, you know, a life and I have like a partner and I have like other things to do laundry. So like, um, it, it's really difficult to keep up to the point where you are, um, relevant and active and, um, doing it effectively. So I feel like, I don't know, wrestlers should get a little more uh, credit for how much work they put into self-promotion and how much they, they put into getting themselves as known. And as I suppose that probably helps you get booked for, I mean, what do you call them, events? Yeah, for shows. For shows for yeah, yeah. So I bet that helps you. Yeah. So like the bigger your your social media presence is, the bigger your following, probably the the more bookings you're going to get right because they know you're going to actually help promote the event and all that stuff huh yeah and and it means that people are going to tune in or come to the show um you know even if it even if it's being broadcast because there's a lot of like independent broadcasting companies now that do it on do um online pay-per-views so if you are someone who has a lot of followers on on instagram or twitter mm. then people are going to hear about it and they're going to tune in and they're going to get more buys from you so you are more valuable Absolutely. to them so the more known you are the more valuable you are to every company makes you sense. is there like in your experience at least so far is there anybody that specializes in like taking you guys on as clients and helping promote you and do all that stuff there's a couple. Um, it's mostly used by like the really, really, really big wrestlers. So like the really popular people, um, people like myself who who kind of do it on weekends uh, and and don't make a huge mm. living out of it uh, are not going to be using people like that. But they do exist. There are there are you know agents and um, promoters out there that will help other mm. wrestlers. So if you were going to describe your relationship with professional wrestling. Would you say it's more of a passion? Like, is this something you would want to turn into? Like, oh, this is my full time job, or like, what? Like, what kind of what kind of mm. role does this fulfill inside your life? I'd say it is more of a passion project. Um, it's something that I discovered when I was seventeen, um, and ever since then, I've like loved it. Um, I have never looked back, uh, on doing it and on making it a part of my life. Um, but I would, I would definitely describe it as something that I use as an outlet. Um, not something that I would want to, to build my life on in terms of a career, uh, just because 
it is very unpredictable. Mm. Um, you don't know, like my parents are both musicians growing up. So I've seen what it's like to, you know, have people mm. not get booked and not have money and not be able to put food on the table. And I, I was, and that's what I grew up in. So I was, I was so dead set on having a life and a career where that wasn't going to happen. Um, which is why I went into teaching and cause I love teaching too. Um, so now the thought of like having a weekend where I didn't get booked and I, I didn't have money to, to pay my bills oh, yeah. terrifies me, oh, like yeah. abs terrifies me. Uh, so I don't think that I would want it to be my full-time career. And also just the, the amount of injuries and, and, um, just, you know, the, mm. the things that your body goes through as a wrestler, um, I wouldn't want to do it more than I'm kind of like currently doing it because I don't want to be like broken by the time I'm 40. I want to be like able to function and have a normal life, uh, you know, well into my old age. So I don't want to put my body through that yeah. more than I already see, I've seen some videos of you talking about putting your body through some stuff. Yeah, you definitely are. There's, there's no doubt about that. But I'm totally on board with what you're saying about like um, the feast or famine nature of like having to, to live off contracts and stuff like that. There was a point where I could do some consulting and I was contemplating like doing it full time, but it's just so scary. Cause it's like, you know, I might get mm -hmm. a whole bunch of work right now, but the scary part is even if I'm overloaded, I would have to take all of it, you know, because I don't know what is next month going to look like. What's the month after that going to look like? So yeah, that's, that's a scary place to be yeah. in the idea or rather the fact that as a kid, you saw that and you struggled through that makes you not want to repeat that that's kind of i always have like at least two jobs at all times in my life because like i'm just so terrified of, of that specific scenario so i totally yeah that stuff mm -hmm. runs deep i uh absolutely get that so you yeah. said you started uh, around 17 or you founded at 17 so describe 17 year old Addie where she was that this filled some kind of spot in her life um so I had just graduated from high school uh, at 17 and I was always really like active in high school. I was like, you know, on the hockey team and just doing lots of, you know, active stuff. And I got out of high school without any kind of mm. plan whatsoever. Like I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know where I wanted to live. I knew nothing. Um, so I had this kind of like big empty mm. void ahead of me uh, with, with nothing there to fill it so one that I knew um was a wrestler uh and I didn't really know anything about it I just kind of met them really randomly on MySpace <laughs> back in the MySpace days and um they were like well now that you're done school and you have nothing to do why don't you come to training with me wrestling tra training and I like I had never watched wrestling I knew nothing about it uh I had never seen it live or on tv um, and I was just like, yeah, sure. Why not? I'll just go and just see what it's like. And it'll mm. be something active for me to do. It's like a sport that right. I can like fill that, that little hole with. Um, so I go and I like smashed my head on the mat a bunch of times and, uh, ran the ropes and hurts and, uh, yeah, basically just got really like banged up and I, I still liked it. I had a really fun time and I thought it was really cool. Um, and because there was such a lack of women in wrestling at the time when I started, the person who was training said, I'd really like you to come back. Um, I think that you can do this. 
you've already shown me like that you're willing to go through some stuff and, and some pain. So I would really like it if you came back. Um, so I went back and I, I managed to go through about three or four months of training. Um, and then I got my first show and I had my first match when I was, <laughs> I had just turned 18. Um, and it was in my hometown in front of, you know, people that I had grown up with. Uh, and it was crazy. Um, it was, it was the biggest rush of adrenaline oh, no. I've ever had in my entire life. And I was so nervous and so scared. Um, and I went through a table at <laughs> <laughs> my first match, uh, and everyone like freaked out and thought it was the greatest thing ever. And so since that moment of like coming out of the curtain and having the audience like cheer and scream for me, I was like, oh, this no. is it. I got to do this forever. Yeah. As soon as you this. said you had a big adrenaline yeah. rush, I was like, oh no, there it was. She's hooked. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. So take me back just a little bit further. <clears throat> about like um were your parents like supportive of uh like going into wrestling and stuff like that like it sounds like you've been active all your life so i'm sure they were big supporters of like you like doing athletics and various things yeah they were always really supportive um my mom used to always come to all my shows um she was like my biggest fan she unfortunately mm, passed away sorry. a couple years ago but she was like always my my biggest uh, it's fine um she was my biggest fan so awesome. like she always came to shows when she could um so yeah i always say like she's still like watching uh -huh. all my matches and everything and um yeah and she she just always wanted me to to do what made me happy um because they were musicians and they yeah. did what made them happy and they were artistic and, and had all this expression of you know things that they wanted to do they were just the same with me uh, they were like, yeah, just go do whatever makes you happy. And my dad actually just came and saw me uh, a couple weeks ago and watched me wrestle in one of my favorite matches that I've done this year. Um, and he gave me a huge hug after and said that it was great and he loved it. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's been really, really good that my parents have, have always supported me. That's awesome. Yeah. Did he first say, ooh, you're sweaty and gross? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Well, yeah. So, have you ever thought of yourself as kind of an artistic person? Um, in uh, in a way, I it, wrestling can be pretty artistic, um, because there's so many different kinds of wrestling, um, and it really is about storytelling yeah. when you put a match together, um. So it's not just about going out and doing a bunch of moves and, and and putting on this show for everyone. It's about going out and having people follow along with what you're doing and, and, and making them care about what you're doing in the ring. So you want to go out and let's say, for example, if I'm the, the, the baby face, the good guy in the match, I want people to cheer for me. I want people to get behind me. So I have to do something that makes them cheer for me and makes them then feel, feel sorry for me whenever I take moves and get beat up. So I have to have this kind of like expression of, um, you know, being really fun and really excited and, and really great and connecting with the fans and they have mm. to care about it and care about what I'm doing. If I go out and I'm the bad guy, if I'm the heel, I have to make the fans not like me and care about the fact that I'm winning and make me and, and make them not want me to win. Um, I have to do that by putting your match together in a certain way and using certain moves. Um, to tell that story and you also have to use like your expression and your face and your and your body language 
to show these things, but you have to make the audience care about what you're doing. Otherwise, they're not going to be interested in your match at all, and it's not going to mean anything yeah. to them. I mean, you're, yeah, like exactly like you said, you're telling them a story, right? The And you yeah. may not be necessarily saying it through words. You might be saying it through actions or uh, facial expressions alone and, and various stuff like that. So if you... <laughs> Have you ever been like, I mean, did you like, did do theater in high school or anything like that? Because you're definitely acting in this. Uh, yeah, I did a little, like I did like grade nine drama. And that was about <laughs> it. Um, I had classes during my training about things like promos. So cutting promos and saying things about your opponent. Um, I had classes on like how to like sell moves with your face and how to like express things with your face. I had classes on like how to move around the ring in a certain way to make people understand what you're trying to get across. So I did have training on it in, in wrestling, like just as much as we learn how to do moves, we learn how to um, use psychology and, and tell our story. So we do learn did that, that in training. come pretty well. naturally to you, you think? I think so. I think... Um, I think when you are really invested in what you're doing, it comes mm. a lot more naturally. And if you really care about what you're doing, it comes more naturally. Because, like, I really wanted to do well and I really wanted to be successful and I really wanted to um, to get that side of wrestling across. I didn't want to just go out and do crazy moves and do flips and stuff like that. I wanted it to be more storytelling-based. So I think that that really motivated me and it, it did come... Hmm. Pretty naturally, yeah. So earlier you were talking about, uh, at least at the time, there weren't a lot of women in wrestling. Did you feel some extra pressure associated with that? Oh, yeah. Um, it was a lot harder for women hmm. to be taken seriously when I first started. Because um, we were in the era of the divas, the WWE divas, um, you know, Trish Stratus is, was a great wrestler and everything, but she was very much like eye candy and very much like not as good as the, the men were at the time. And then there were other divas who like couldn't even wrestle and were only there because they were models. So we weren't taken very seriously. We didn't have anything to aspire to. Um, all the men could look up to, you know, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels and, and Steve Austin. And they had all these great icons that they could like, like emulate with their wrestling when women had nothing we had literally nothing to look up to so we would wrestle and have matches and people would be mm. a lot harder on us and they would criticize us um they would say we were not very good they would say that we didn't belong there um and and it's changed a lot in the last 10 years um i've been doing this for 15 years now um so like it's changed so much uh, we have you know, great women's thing on TV now. People can look up to it and, and aspire to be like the women on TV. And, and they have great role models. And I say all the time, like, I wish I had started wrestling like five years ago because <laughs> um, I'd be like a million times better and I'd have like so much more that I could have done um, just because of what, what we mm. have available now. But it was definitely a lot of pressure and definitely really, really, really difficult when I first started. So you were fighting battles, not just in the ring, but before the show i'm sure just to get yourself booked you were fighting battles and then afterwards having to fight battles with fans just that's what what made you push through all of that to like like instead of just throwing your hands up saying this is bullshit i'm done with this 
um i think just because i wanted so badly to prove everybody wrong um and i and i wanted to i i always said that if i could be remembered in wrestling as a good wrestler and not just as a good women's wrestler Mm. i'll be happy so i want to just be a good wrestler so i want to leave that legacy and have like something to be remembered by and i feel like i've i've almost hit that now especially um with like the the types of matches that i've done and what I've brought into wrestling, um, I feel like I've I've left a little bit of a mark. Um, I have a little bit more to do, but uh, yeah, I think it was is basically just proving everyone wrong and showing them that women can have great wrestling matches and women can be great wrestlers too. So you said you've left. You feel like you've left a mark, but you have more to do. It's like, do you have a bucket list uh, as far as this stuff goes? Oh, I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh, I so you have do. like clear um, goals, clearly defined goals that you want to meet. Okay. Yes. Um, I I definitely want to uh, go to Japan. Japan is like my number one thing that I want to do in wrestling. Because um, that's like, if you've done a tour in Japan, you have like made it. You have like, you are good enough that someone wants to fly you over to Japan to wrestle. That's really amazing. Um so that's like my number one thing. Um, the second thing I want to do is I want to be in the deathmatch tournament and win. I don't, I don't know why. I just really think that winning a deathmatch tournament would be the coolest thing ever. Um, and there's a couple wrestlers that I want to wrestle as well. Um, yeah. I can't think of them off the top of my head, but the, there's definitely a few that so, I want to wrestle. Yeah. Deathmatch tournament and win. Um, isn't, well, I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't want to spoilers for anybody, but isn't like the outcome of these things predetermined ahead of time? Okay. So you yeah. want to get big yeah. enough and popular enough where they're like, Addie's going to win this one because she's got such a following. Yeah. We, you know, it's like everybody wants her to win. We're going to, so yeah, I get it. All right. Sorry. I just had to, I had to think that through out loud for, <laughs> for myself. Yeah, it's like it's like when you get a belt in wrestling, it's like it's obviously all predetermined and you know that you're going to win your belt in wrestling. It's like it shows that you have been chosen as someone who is good enough to hold that championship. Um so it's a sign of like respect and and um you know something that you've right. earned. So I I really think it's 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 really like humbling and really like um that's the word I'm looking for. Like it, it helps with your your self confidence yeah. a lot when you get to like win, get belts, and and things that like absolutely that. makes sense because it's a representation of all the work you've put in, not just in the gym, yeah. right? Learning new moves, um, you know, but it's also your social media, all of that marketing work you're putting in, all of the acting work you're putting in, mm-hmm. like with the crowd. I get it. It's basically like a tangible output of all of this stuff I've been putting in. It totally makes sense. Yeah. Yes. I yes. get it. Yep. So deathmatch tournaments, they have those things like all over the place or what? Yeah, all over the place. Um, I've been in a couple. Um, I've never won one, but I've been in a few. Um, it's just like, I, I like to describe them as like a real oh life horror movie, basically. Because there's people that are like bleeding everywhere and they're going through like barbed wire and glass and fire and and people make weapons that they bring to the show that we use. And it's like, 
it is just one of the most intense things you'll ever see in person. So something you said earlier is like in your first wrestling match, you went through a table and the crowd went wild. And I thought, Oh my God, she's immediately going to start escalating this. Uh, you've got to break mm-hmm. bigger things or get hit with worse things. So I'm assuming these improvised weapons in the death match is probably one of your favorite parts, huh? Oh my goodness. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> I did a tournament. I did a tournament in uh, Chicago a little while ago, a couple years ago. Um, and someone made like it, they took, brought a door, okay. a whole door that they covered with cut in half soda cans. Oh, no. And I go, and there was someone else that brought, um, I just like, it was like a piece of wood that had oh pizza cutters God. stuck to it. <laughs> yeah. So I went into both of the, I got oh thrown into God. both of those. Um, yeah. And it was fine. It was, you know, I got cut up, but whatever. Um, but yeah, there it's like, it's really fun. To see oh my God. And I guess you're so jacked up on adrenaline. It probably doesn't really register all the way that you're getting hit into these things. Huh? No, it's always. It's always after uh, when you like shower and you can like feel all your cuts and everything in the hot water and the soap. It's like that's when it kind of like hits you. You're like, oh, ow, that really actually hurts a lot. Um, But in the moment, you're just like so focused and yeah, jacked up on adrenaline that none of it matters. And and you can power through almost anything. Oh, my gosh. So I'm just like in my head, I'm thinking if. One, you have the courage just to get your butt in the ring. But two, you can go through this amount of stuff. It's like there's probably not much that scares you in normal life, huh? Mm, <laughs> I mean, I get, I still get scared by stuff. Like, I still get nervous about you really? teaching sometimes. I think teaching is, is almost harder sometimes than wrestling. Um, like, if I have, like, an evaluation mm. and I'm going to be observed by my principal... Like that terrifies me. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I think real life scares mm. me a lot more than wrestling. Well, you does. mentioned yeah, you mentioned teaching a little bit. So let's let's switch gears. At some point, uh, well, I mean, it's probably no big secret, but your students, I'm sure, find out that you wrestle on the weekends and stuff. What's their uh, What's their impression of that? It really ranges. Some of them don't care at all. They're just like, oh, okay, whatever. Um, some of them think it's really cool. Some of them ask to see videos and they ask me what my wrestling name is and I never tell them. Um, just because there's, I always think like what's going to come up if they Google me and um, I happen to have, this is my like humble brag here, uh, happen to have one of the most watched oh independent my. matches on YouTube. Um, it's got, a, I think it's like 100 Whoa. million views on my thought. Something like that. I don't know. I can't remember. Um, and uh in the match, the guy pulls his trunks down and puts his bare <laughs> ass on my face. <laughs> so I always think, like, if the kids Google me and that's the first thing that pops up and they find that, how am I going to explain <laughs> it to them in class? So I have to be really careful about them not finding out what my actual wrestling name is. They can find out that I wrestle, but not what my name is. I don't know, man. It's like a theatrical performance. If you were doing a play and there was partial nudity nobody would bat an eye right it's exactly that and 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 that's what's the the problem sometimes is people have um these preconceived notions about what wrestling is and what women's role in wrestling is um that like i've gotten in trouble from like my my administration before when i was working at a school um and they were like you have to get rid of all that stuff on the internet like it's not appropriate um so it's it's really about like 
the uh yeah the ideas that people have about what wrestling is and what goes on um and the stereotypes of women in wrestling that really makes it a problem i always think of it as um i don't know wrestling to me was always like this extremely violent ballet because it, it i mean to me it seems like a very delicate ba- dance yeah. between two or sometimes a ton of people that has to be like carefully performed or somebody gets hurt right so it's like really high stakes and so yeah. to me it's like i can see the artistry in it absolutely that's one of the first things i think is like how do these people just not like entirely break each other during this so it's a lot of skill yeah i mean a ton of skill associated with that yeah i mean the number one rule in wrestling is to keep yourself and your opponent safe like that's the number one thing um and that's what we train for we train to do everything safely um and it is like a ballet in that like we do have like um sets and spots that we do um we have like these routines that we go through um and it it takes a lot of practice and a lot of work and it is very athletic um so if you are not someone who is you know training regularly or going to the gym it can be really bad. Like you can, you can hurt people. So it, it is very delicate balance of like athleticism and hmm. practice and training. Do you think some of the stuff you've learned in wrestling has translated to the classroom, maybe in ways you didn't expect them to? Oh, oh yeah. Um, I'm really good at the death <laughs> stare now. Uh, so like, if I'm like face to face with my opponent, we do like a stare down. I'm really good at doing <laughs> oh that to God. kids now. Like if they if they're out of line and just like give them that stare down and they like stop immediately whatever they're doing. The yeah, dust. Really so uh, when you guys have like um, in service teacher days, is that what you're teaching everybody else? You're like giving uh, giving workshops on the desk there. Yeah. The funny thing on on one of those days, the PD days, um, I actually taught a wrestling class <laughs> to my te- my fellow teachers. Um, because we were doing like, uh, it was supposed to be an active PD day where we like learned a new skill and learned like a new athletic thing, something. So some people were doing like dance, some people were doing yoga and I offered a wrestling 101 training class and, uh, some people took it and it was really fun. We just learned like basic things like locking up and some like arm ringers and a couple little bits of chain wrestling here and there. Nothing crazy, but I, I did teach them. What was the mix of uh, men and women on that? I was pretty equal, pretty equal men That's and cool. women. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It was really good. That's interesting. So do you think, and I'm, I have a pretty good idea you're going to say yes, but do you think wrestling has... Uh, change the way you approach some situations just in your day-to-day life, not necessarily at school? Uh, I think so. I think wrestling has given me a lot more confidence um, because in wrestling, you have to be, you know, a confident person. You are, you're coming out and you're like, I'm so great. I'm going to win this match. Um, And you, you have to be confident to perform your moves, confident that you're going to do everything correctly, confident that you're going to remember your match so I think it's given me a lot more in terms of um, my own self-esteem and, and how I carry myself day to day and um, thinking that I can do things that are really hard because wrestling is really hard. And like, for example, I had a match a couple weeks ago with one of the best wrestlers probably in the world right now, um, Mike Bailey. And 
I was really freaking out and being like, I don't know if I can do this. He's so good. He does these crazy things. I don't know if I can keep up with him. And I did. And I and I, I was really happy with myself. And I felt really proud of myself that I could have this match and keep up with him and do all the stuff that he did. And it kind of like gave me a little bit of a confidence boost. Like I was like, actually, I can do things like this. I, I am able to do stuff like that. So it has definitely given me more confidence in my mm. day-to-day life when you got started do you think you were were you faking the confidence and then eventually it just oh you just one day you weren't faking anymore and it was just there yeah i, <clears throat> I think when i first started it was all kind of like a ruse <laughs> um it was all me just being like yeah of course i'm great yeah of course i can do this no problem um and like faking my way through these matches because like my training wasn't complete when i first started wrestling like i should have been in training for like a year if not a year and a half two years before (laughs) i had my first match but because there are no women they were like we're just gonna throw you on a show um so i was definitely faking it for the first few if not five five years. years um and then when i started like training more often because I realized that in wrestling you have to keep training you have to keep going and keep going back to school and learning new things all the time it's never done your your training is never done um I realized that like actually like I know what I'm doing now now that I've like done work and done more in terms of like um working on myself so that's when the confidence started coming in was when I I realized that I didn't know everything about wrestling do you think or can you remember a time where you realized, like, I actually, like, I I belong here? Like, this is where I need to be? Yeah. Um, there was one match I had in Montreal um, in about 2015 or 16, I think, um, where I wrestled this guy's name is Jaka. Um, and I felt something about the match. I just felt really good. Like, I felt like... I knew what I was doing. I had the match down in terms of remembering it. Um, I tried some new stuff that I had wanted to do and I, I nailed it. And then when I came back into the, the dressing room, a couple of the other wrestlers had watched my match and they said to me, they're like, you looked like you knew what you were doing out there. They're like, you looked like you really got that match. And I had this really nice compliment from from a few people. And that was the, the match where I kind of went, oh, okay. So that's what I need to do. And that's how you, how you, you know, put things together. And that's when I really felt like, okay, I can do this. Cause it was in front of a huge crowd. It was a really big crowd. Um, and it was again, someone that I was nervous to work with because they're really good. Um, and yeah, I felt, I felt like I belonged there. So what's interesting to me is you said this more than once, like somebody who's, you know, so much better than me. I, you know, I'm afraid uh, you know, I would rather, I was nervous to do that, but, uh, there's, was this saying, um, feel the fear and do it anyway. You definitely strike me as the kind of person that, cause obviously you're doing these things. You're like, I am so worried about this, but <laughs> your ass is out there and you're doing it anyway. I think that's, I mean, to me, mm-hmm. like that's generally lesson one is do the thing, right? It's like, you're never going to get anywhere. Just sit on your couch, right? Do the thing, feel the fear, go, and see what happens anyway. So that's awesome. Um, but mm-hmm. something else you said there is, um, well, I've got a couple, I've got so many questions, so many questions, so many notes. Um, <laughs> uh, you said you, you know, you got out there, you did, you know, it felt right. And then you came inside 
you know, I guess you, you came into the back office or whatever it was. And do you think that validation from your peers is like how you measure yourself? Cause it's like, I'm curious, like what's the measuring stick? Because when you're out there, you're in the moment, I guess you, I mean, you can't really tell, right? So how do you, how do you measure your mm. performance and you do that through your peers? Is that normally how it works for you? You think? So a lot of it is through your peers and it's, it's pretty common that you'll ask someone who has more experience than you or has been, you know, wrestled in more places than you to watch your match and give you feedback. That's really, really common. Um, so like I've been on a couple of shows where there's been a couple of wrestlers who have been doing it for 20 years or have traveled all over Japan and Europe and everything. And I'll ask mm. them to watch my match for me and give me, give me cr critiques on it. Um, so that's one way to get validation. I think the other way is just by seeing how far you, mm. you've come and where you've gone. Um, because you're not going to get booked some places mm. if you're not good. You're, you're just not. Um, so I, for example, like when I was living in the UK, there was this one promotion called Progress, which is like the top promotion in the country. It was like all the best wrestlers go there. And I got booked there. And I was like, wow, okay, so I'm actually good enough that I'm getting booked with these like amazing wrestlers on the same show, on the same promotion, doing the same thing that they are. So that was kind of like another benchmark is just like where you end up, where you go uh, in wrestling. Because I mean, I started like in a little like Legion Hall in, in my hometown um, with like 20 people there. Um, and now I'm wrestling at like, and I've wrestled at like a festival in the UK that was like 5,000 mm. people watching me. So like it, it just, you can look at where you start and look at where you end up and you can kind of use that as your measuring stick for how far you come and how good you've gotten. So again, many questions. So whenever you have somebody like watch you and critique you, are these people pretty good at like not sugarcoating things kind of no bullshit, but just like being constructive <laughs> without being uh cruel or unkind is that something people are good at um it just it depends <laughs> on the person it really does because like i've had people that like gave me nothing but good yeah. feedback and they're like oh it was great no it was great you did great that was amazing and then i've had people that were like that sucked like that was terrible that was not a good match <laughs> so um it just really depends who you ask some people are just really direct and will just tell you straight to your face if they thought it was awful because sometimes you go out and you have a terrible match yeah. like that happens. Um, you just don't click with the person you're working with or you're just having an off day. Like I had I've had tag matches where like I just completely fell apart in it and didn't remember anything. So sometimes you just have a really bad one and people will just tell you that straight to your face and you have to not let that affect you and just kind of go, OK, that one was bad. That's OK. We learn from it. We move on. Um, yeah, but people will just tell you straight to your face. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Like for me, like that's not constructive, like saying, oh, you sucked. You know what I mean? Like, constructive to me is like, yeah. oh, you know, this didn't seem like it was working. Maybe you could have tried this. You know what I mean? Like some valuable feedback, you know, <laughs> give me something I can work with. Um, yeah. that's usually what I yeah. look for at least. Um, but I get yeah. that. So you're saying, you know, comparing yourself, like what was I booking? you know, this time last year and, you know, am I always progressing and getting better? But also mm -hmm. that made me wonder, like, you have to look at where you were to see where you are now. Do you ever watch your old matches and kind of critique yourself and 
Uh, I know it's painful. It hurts everybody. Um, but it's amazing how constructive that can be to watch yourself, not just from like a confidence boosting, like, oh my God, I, I not to say I was bad back then, but I am so much better now than I, than I was then. But also like, well, I could change this. I could adjust that. You know, is that, is it something you do? Yeah. I mean, I have watched my old matches. Um, someone actually like recently posted my like third or fourth match that I ever had, um, on Facebook <laughs> and I watched it and I was like, wow, oh man, I did not know what I was doing back then. And I'm like picking up all these things that like now I would never do. <laughs> um, but I think it does help because then, then I look back and I see like a match, like the one I had a couple weeks ago and I watch that one and I go, okay, wow, like, look, like I couldn't even do this back then. And now I'm doing this all the time. Um, so it can be really helpful to remind yourself that you are always progressing forward right. and making progress and, and doing well. Um, but it can be really, I really, know really, really like <laughs> sometimes like look at my old stuff cuts me worse than any of the comment section. <laughs> like, I don't know why mm. I was like, I am always my worst critic. So, uh, sometimes like the comments, uh, or just validation of, of how bad I think I did on that thing. It's like, it's not necessarily, it's like, you're not telling me anything new, bud. Like, I don't need that. I don't, I don't need that. Yeah. Um, but you were talking about like that one, that one match that was especially good. Um, you know, you went back, you got great feedback, but you said you had a feeling when you were in the match. Like, what was that feeling? What like connected, what clicked, what clued you in? Like, like, what was it about it? Uh, the I, the audience plays such a huge part in wrestling. Really? Um, they are such yeah, they're such a huge part of it because if you're out there and you're wrestling and the audience is silent, like just silent, it's the most unnerving thing that you can possibly have because you're like trying to get a reaction. The whole point of wrestling is you get reaction from the audience, and if they're just sitting there staring at you, you're you're just like, oh my god, what am I doing wrong? Like what am, what's going on? Um, so for that match that I had, the audience, and it was a long day, we were the main event, um, and they had been sitting there for about two hours already. So the fact that they were loud and interested and cheering and, you know, talking to us, like, start to finish the whole match, that was sort of how I knew that we had done something, something really, really good. Um, because they were, they were yelling right when they should have been yelling they were reacting the way we wanted them to react they were just you know right on what we wanted them to do um because right. we try to manipulate the audience and make them feel a certain way and make them do certain things um and it was perfect every single time like we had a big move we got a big reaction like he hit a cheap shot move and the crowd <laughs> booed him we were like yes perfect like um so it was it was the audience that really showed me that match that that i was doing what That's I was so doing. like normally when i'm doing stuff like everything in my periphery goes away you know what I mean? like audience and stuff but i didn't realize that it's like if there's two wrestlers in the ring like the audience is the third member you know they're the third so because they mm -hmm. are just as much a part of the performance and then you guys break out and you're directly i mean sometimes you're directly at you know interfacing with the crowd itself right like they become part of the performance and you mm -hmm you feed off that energy from them. That's, I don't know why that didn't occur to me, but it absolutely makes sense. <laughs> and like you said, you basically yeah. just said it's like a performance and I want the crowd to feel a certain way I want. And so you felt, you felt how you were able to uh, bring that crowd along with you, right? You made them 
part of the performance. Mm-hmm. I guess that um, suspension of disbelief where it's like they're just all in. This is real and I'm here for this thing. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was great. And and they were so loud and receptive. And the nice thing was it was again in my oh. hometown, <laughs> um, but with a bigger <laughs> crowd this time. Um, so, yeah, they were they were firmly behind me. They were firmly against him. Um, so, yeah, it was, That's it was so perfect. Cool. That's cool. You said the audience talks back. Is that sometimes uh, a problem? I'm just curious. Like, what, what's some of the wild stuff no, that comes I, out of the audience? I love when they. Oh, I've had some really like yeah. sexist things no yelled at me um, from the audience. Yeah, no surprise. Like, oh, yeah, take off your top and stuff like that. And you're just. You got to just kind of like have a clap back for it or like, cause I'll say like, yeah, like you couldn't afford it and stuff like that, you know, whatever, just, just, uh, it's gotten better. Um, now that women's really? wrestling has gotten more respected and gotten better over time. Uh, I don't get those comments nearly as much as I did like 10 years ago. Um, 10 years ago, it was like impossible to do a match without someone like, you know, whistling at us or, or yelling at us to, to whatever, yeah. you know, um but now it's it's much better much better like i rarely run into that and now what the crowd is just yelling like like jokes and stuff like that at us that we can kind of like banter back and forth with them a little bit and they love that like the crowd likes to be involved um so yeah it's okay now it's much better i don't know it's just like it it kind of breaks my brain like if somebody went to the olympics and they're watching track and field would they be whistling at the pole vault women you know, tell them to take their time. You know what I mean? It's like you're an athlete here to perform your thing. Like, I, I, to me, it just breaks my brain to think people like you're going into this environment and that kind of behavior is okay. Um, that's weird to me. But, yeah. you know, like, unfortunately, like I've talked to some YouTubers and stuff like that that are female on the Internet. And that's like part of their uh, job of being a YouTuber is having to constantly rake through their comments and just pull just and what's funny is i've had to do that on their interviews as well like on the stuff on my channel like yeah i don't know it's it blows my mind like i now i'm having to moderate that stuff too and it's just it's it's wacky how that crazy stuff comes at uh females and one of the women we're talking about how like she's in a very male dominated world like you she does uh machining like machining parts on the internet mm-hmm. and she's like guys aren't having uh to defend the way they look or the fact that they're not wearing makeup you know it's like just the craziest stuff like mm-hmm. you would never uh expect a guy to have to defend that stuff and yet as a woman in this industry or whatever field it happens to be in it's like suddenly all this other stuff is fair game for people to to poke at yeah, and I get comments on, on my Twitter and on my Instagram all the time. Um, the direct messages that I get from people are shocking, like shocking, um, just the way that they're like objectifying me and the other women that I work with. Like, So it's, it's part of the job too is to deal with, with that. Um, so I'm used to it, but like I always talk to people who are like new into wrestling and they're always just like still really shaken by it. So yeah, so it's it's just part of it right now. So do you do you ever kind of see yourself as sort of a mentor for other, I mean, male or female wrestlers coming in? Yeah, I do. I mean, I do work uh, now with 
uh, a bunch of new trainees because um, there's a school that just opened up like right near where I live. Um, so I go in, in during the week and I, I help train um, these new people and I work with the trainers that work there and, and we all kind of like are mentoring these new people. Um, and then whenever I get to, you know, have a, a match with someone who's fairly new, I always try to like give them feedback in the match and tell them mm. how they could improve um, and things like that. So, I mean, I think so. I don't like to think of myself as like a mentor because it's, I don't know, it's just weird to me. <laughs> but I mean, I have been doing it for so long that I've learned a few things um, that, you know, you wouldn't know two years into wrestling. Um, so sometimes I guess. Yeah, I would be a little bit of a, a teacher. Yeah, as you said, it's such a bizarre well. concept for you. I don't know. I don't know how that could ever translate into your other facets of yeah. Yeah. Obviously, you're a teacher. You know how to teach people. Why is it? Why is this different? Why is it? Mm-hmm. Why does it feel strange to you? I think it's just because wrestling is so cruel sometimes, and wrestling is so harsh that. Um, you often get down mm. on yourself about it. Um, like I still have times when I'm like, oh, I should just quit wrestling. I should never do it again. I'm terrible at it. So to think that I'm like helping other people get better is really strange to me because I still do have like moments of, of doubt in myself. Um, so yeah, so it's just, it's having the confidence to feel like you're good enough to give advice to other people. That's a real well, struggle I, for me. So. I think that you... As unfortunate as it sounds, I think you have the perfect combination of things. It's one is you've got talent, you've got time you put into it, you've got passion for what the thing is you're doing, but you've also got a little bit of that imposter syndrome. So that keeps you grounded, that makes you work mm-hmm. harder, that makes you always have to be improving, mm-hmm. always have to be learning the new thing, right? Like that's the the force that drives you to be as good as you are. And um, mm-hmm. uh, if you can share that with somebody else like i think the old adage of you know one teaches two learns is absolutely true so you know as you're teaching other mm-hmm. people um you're learning more about yourself and just honing your craft so i think that's i think that's so awesome um especially in an environment where uh yeah there's so much uh opportunity for deck rather direct uh negative <laughs> um feedback to have somebody that's going to coach you through, like prep you, like people are going to call you lots of four letter words. They're going to these things, you know, just to have mm, somebody that's just yep. going to shoot you straight and um, be an advocate for you. I think that's so cool that you would, cause that's man, like the mentorship thing, like I, it's not something I would have been ready for at a young age to like have somebody mentor me, but I so appreciate it now when somebody takes the time to do that because it does, right? It's eating some of your time. And that is like the most precious commodity mm-hmm. we have today. So like uh, hats off to you. Like, yeah. I think that's so cool. Even though you <laughs> are reluctantly you. Uh, taking the position, I think that's so awesome. Interesting. So do you think, I don't know, like what do you think about the new uh, the new crop of people coming up today? Do they have, Do they have it a lot easier? Do they have it a lot worse? You get a, well our, earlier you said i wish you know i had started five years ago so i guess there is some like man it would be so much nicer now yeah i think right now um it's a really good time to to be starting and kind of like in your in your like maybe like third or fourth year um just because there's so many more opportunities and there has been in the past like um i don't know like how much 
you or your followers here know wrestling, but there's like, there's always been like one big company, Mm -hmm. which is WWE. Like there's always been them. And now there's this other place, AEW, which is like better, um, which is like so much more focused on like wrestling, on like having good wrestling, not like cringy (laughs) storylines. Yeah, they're, they're amazing. And so you could go there. There's also like Impact. That's like another place you can go. That's like a contract, uh, contract company. Um, there's like NWA, there's like, it's just, it's endless right now. So it's a good time to be someone who wants to make wrestling your career because you can do it. Um, because there are so many places that you can go to do that. And there's so many places that are on TV right now. And now with, you know, um, streaming and streaming services that are available, like you can reach a huge audience these days. So I think, yeah, it's, it's almost like the possibilities are endless if you're starting out now. Mm. But that's not something you would necessarily want to pursue. I don't think, I think if, if like AEW walked up to me today and said, we want to give you a contract, I would think I would turn it down. I think I would say no. Oh, wow. Yeah. But until you're in that situation, you're not fully sure, are you? I, yeah, it's the, it's the thing. Like, if, it depends what it was and, like, what they were offering. But, like, I've traveled a lot yeah. because of wrestling. And I find traveling really, like, tiring and oh, really difficult now yeah. because I've done it so much. Um, and I don't like being away from my family anymore. Like, I spent, like, six years away from my family. Mm. Uh, and I found that really hard. And I just kind of like staying at home and hanging out with my partner and my dog and just chilling out. So like, I don't know. I think it would be really hard for me to accept a contract that involved such a commitment. What if they came to you and said, Hey, we want to give you a contract, but it's not to wrestle. It's to teach the mentor. What would you say to that? Oh man, that would be really (laughs) tempting. (laughs) That would be really tempting because then it wouldn't be a lot of track because you yeah. would only be in one place because they have their training school in uh, Jacksonville. Um, yeah. Oh, man, that would be a really hard one. Uh, it would be hard to uproot my life and go there um, because I love living in Canada and I love where I am. Um, I don't know. That would be a really hard one. I'd have to like think a lot mm. about that one. Cause it'd be like putting my two, my two loves together because like, I love teaching. Like I really do love teaching. It's, it's the hardest job, but it's so good and fun when it goes well. Um, so yeah. That would be what is it about? What is it about teaching you love so much? <laughs> um, I just love the kids. I think that they're so funny and so honest and so, uh, I don't know. They just, they're not afraid to like just tell you what they're thinking anymore. Um, and I think that's a, that's something that's lost on a lot of people when they grow up because they have to like be professional and you have to like, um, you know, go about your day to day life in these certain ways. But the kids are just like, no, I'm just going to tell you what I think because I'm just going to do it. And I find that really, really endearing and really funny sometimes. And, you know, when they, when they show their appreciation and, and you see a difference that you've made in a kid, Cause like when I was in high school, I was, a t- I was a terrible <laughs> student. Like I was awful. Uh, like I never went to some of my classes. I was like, just not handing anything. I was terrible, but I had this one English teacher who was like amazing. And she like saw me 
and understood what was going on with me and was like able to really help me and got mm. me back on the right track. And so I always think like if I could be mm. that teacher for like one kid, that's going to be worth it to me. Like if I can like help one person get back on track and do what they need to do in life, like that's that's something that I want gotcha. to do. So kind of that pay it forward mentality. I think that's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. And also like when they're so young, like I I don't think you change people in like significant ways. Like, you know, you're not going to be somebody completely different overnight. But when you're that young, even a gentle nudge over time equals a really big change. And so like you're well placed to make such a positive impact on on just like when I get the opportunity to like go and work with like college kids and stuff like that. Like, I don't know, like I I feel the gravity of what I'm. Uh, being allowed to do and the opportunity I'm given. And I, I try not to waste it. Having said that, I say lots of dumb stuff, like tons of dad jokes, right? So it's probably mostly wasted, but you know, if there's one or two people that I can kind of make a difference for like, that's, I don't know. That's always important for me. Like I, I totally feel that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's cool. Mary, yeah. the two, do you watch wrestling on TV or the internet? Do you watch? Do you? All the time. <laughs> All the time. Constantly. Um, I always likened it to, if you don't watch wrestling, how are you going to know how to do wrestling? Like, how would you ever, like, if you, if you want to grow up to be like a soccer player or a hockey player, like, how would you ever know how to play those games yeah, if you've never enough. watched it? Um, or being a writer, how would you ever know how to be a writer huh. if you never read books? Like, um, so I watch it because I get inspired by it and it makes me want to get better. Um, I'm really lucky that I have a partner who loves wrestling, maybe more than <laughs> I do. So we watch it all the time. And there's so much content out there right now. Um, like I said, there's a new company that's like rivaling WWE. There's all these independent companies that are that are putting their content online. Um, there's, you know, Japan. Japan has tons of promotions that are really amazing to watch. Um, so, yeah, so there's there's tons out there. And I watch it all the time. Um, and it, it makes me want to do better and it makes me excited to try new things. Um, so I'll, I'll like watch something and then go into training the next day and be like, Oh, I saw this. I want to try it. I want to do this. Um, and I'll like do new things and it's, it'll need to be a little more creative too. Cause I can like take things that I saw and like put them together. Like, Oh, I saw this move. And then I saw this move. I'm going to like kind of pair them together in like a spot and like make it all work together. Um, so it, yeah, it allows me to be creative as well. That's cool. Which is really so exciting. Well, I had a couple of questions. One is, do you think if 16-year-old Addie saw wrestling on TV, like, do you think you would have liked it? I think so. Because um, it's really weird. Because the first wrestling that I ever saw was deathmatch wrestling. That was the oh first thing that I it's ever like, got. That's like saying, yeah, 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 yeah. The first thing I did was mainline heroin. You know, I just, <laughs> just kind yeah, exactly. of jump right in with both feet. My goodness. Yeah. Um, so I saw deathmatch wrestling and I <laughs> loved it. Uh, so I think if, if I had seen it even earlier than that, I would have been like, yes, this is crazy. What is it? Cause I had really liked weird stuff when I was like younger, like I was a little bit out there. Um, so I think I would have loved it and I think it would have, I would have wanted to do it just like I, I did when I was 17. So yeah, I think I would have maybe started <laughs> earlier. It would have just made the addiction yeah. that much worse. Huh? All right. So yeah. Um, something I also was curious about, like whenever you're watching wrestling, uh, I, I think you're probably looking at the mechanics of it. Like I, uh, 
like I, I don't know, I challenged myself to learn stuff like every so often. And one of the things I did was I, I challenged myself to learn like some sleight of hand because I always thought it was cool. And now I can't, like it's ruined the experience for me. Like when I watch somebody do it, I just look at the mechanics of it. Like I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. unwinding what they're doing. But some people are so amazing at it that all that just falls away and I just watch this performance and it's amazing to me. And it's it makes me wonder like, can you ever like step back enough to like, uh, just enjoy their performance or, or are you always just watching the mechanics? Um, no, I can definitely still enjoy it. Um, there was a point where I was, when I was really trying to get better at wrestling and I was really, really, really um, focused on improving where I was like looking at everything under a microscope and I was, I was dead set on like picking everything apart and learning all these new things. Um, but now that I'm kind of like happy with where I'm at, and I feel good and I feel good about my, my own um, abilities, I can just sit back and, and watch it and enjoy it. Um, especially things like big events, like really big events, um, like WrestleMania, I'll sit back and just enjoy it because it's such a spectacle and it's just so fun. And if you, if you take yourself out of it as a wrestler, you can still go back to being a fan and really, really enjoy it, which is really fun to do. Like, it's really fun watching wrestling when it's really good because um, you get so involved and there's so much emotion and you cheer and you <laughs> scream. Like I sit on my couch and watch WrestleMania every year and just like scream at it and, and go crazy and we have a great time. Um, so if I lost that, that would be really sad. So I, I always try to to keep myself a wrestling fan first before. So remember when I was part. like a lot younger, I guess, like a kid, I guess, whenever I'd watch it, it wasn't just like one shots. It wasn't just one and done. There were always like story arcs that built. And then whenever you hit like the WrestleMania, like that would be the culmination of like all these storylines kind of coming together. <laughs> do you, do you find yourself like getting invested in that? Like, are you, can you step back enough and like really get into it where you're just like, you know, like cheering for somebody because you've like been following their story and stuff? Yeah. Um, so in this other company, AEW, there's uh, someone, Hangman Adam Page, who's a great wrestler. He's the champion now. He uh, he had this like huge arc of like um, not winning the championship and being like just out of reach of it for like a year. And he finally, uh, like a month ago, just won the championship in this like huge blowout match, and it was amazing. And it was like such a it was such a, a huge like almost like a relief that like, Oh, he finally did it. Oh, it was so good. Um, and I was a hundred percent invested. I was like watching it on my couch, screaming and cheering and getting really excited. Um, my partner with, with me like screaming and cheering and we were really excited about it. So yeah. So I still definitely get invested. Um, because like, I don't, I, I know some of the people that are on these shows. Like I, I, I wrestled with people that are now on TV, but there's still a few of them that I don't know. So I can still be like a huge fan of them because it's not weird, like it's cheering for weird. people that you know. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah. So I still do get invested in the storylines, absolutely, because it's fun and it's like suspension of disbelief right. for like that that one hour that you're watching this segment. Um, and it, yeah, it's really fun, and I wouldn't mm. want to lose that. If yeah, I'd like, do you guys do story arcs, or I guess you're kind of like traveling all over the place so much that you don't really get an opportunity to do that kind of thing, huh? Um, we do. So there's one company that I work for right now that's close to me, um, where I have a story arc going on right now with uh, the current women's champion and me are having a bit of a feud. 
Um, so she was like a special guest referee in my last match and she cost <laughs> me the match. Um, and, uh, and I'm going to wrestle her in January for the belts. Um, and it's, we've had a couple in like altercations between like a couple months ago and then, so we do, we do have some story arcs. Um, it's hard to do because it's hard to run regularly, um, in the same place and have uh -huh. the same fans come. Um, and because it's not on TV, like it's hard mm. to reach like a huge audience with it. Um, but we do run storylines in the independence. It does happen. That's cool. So <clears throat> There's a picture of you on your Instagram, and I think it's like on your social media tags everywhere. This is like Queen of Lego. So I uh, mm -hmm. I was telling my wife, I was like, so I found this person on Twitter, and they're going to come on the podcast, and she's a wrestler. And one of the things she does is dump a bucket of Legos on the mat and smack people into it. And the the look on my wife's face, like the revulsion and horror, right? Anybody that's ever stepped on a Lego, just just like there's a visceral, like I told my 16 year old the same thing and just the visceral response on his face. I was like, oh, this is, this is why she does it. Because <laughs> everybody knows yeah. the pain. Uh, so describe to me how that yes. came about and um, why we all need to protect ourselves from you in your madness. So it's exactly what you said um, with the the response that we get from everyone because of the Lego. Because everyone has done it, right? Everyone has stepped on one and knows what it feels like and knows how terrible it is. Whereas um, when you're doing something like a, like a death match where you've got like barbed wire and thumbtacks and light tubes and, and glass and things like that, not everyone is going to yeah, know yeah. what that feels like. You can watch it and you can be like, oh, that must be really terrible. Um, but you don't actually have the same right. response to it. So we thought, we were like, what's a way we can do something different um, that gets people a little more into the match, that's going to get people <laughs> a little more involved in it. Um, so this great company that I work for, um, which is full of very interesting people, um, which is called Interspecies, Interspecies. Wrestling. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, they're... I call them my home company because they're the ones that really gave me like my first big break and my first like big chance at something. Um, they, they pitched this and I was not the first person to do it. I will say that with like full honesty, I was not the first person to do a Lego match. Um, they did a match um, with a couple of the other wrestlers and it got such a huge response that they decided to do it more. And then I think what happened was I was the one that kind of took the match and ran with it and was like, we're going to do it in lots of places. We're going to do it in different, like with different stipulations. We're going to do it with different people. Um, so like I've done a oh. couple of barefoot oh. Lego matches. Uh -uh. So I, yeah. So I've wrestled, you know, without my shoes on in, in Lego, I've done like a double stomp off the top oh. rope onto a pile of Lego kind of thing. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I, I took the match and I kind of made it my own. Um, so now that's kind of like what everyone knows me for. Um, if people talk about, so, and they, they have done Lego spots on like WWE and every time that happens, um, I get tagged like a million <laughs> times on Twitter. Everyone's just like, Oh my God, Addy, they're doing your thing. Addy, they're doing your thing. Um, so it's kind of like my gimmick now that I do. That's Lego cool. Matches. So much so that you have apparel that, uh, screams it to the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> does, does anybody say uh like when you when you offer up the idea is anybody like mm, no i don't i'm, I'm gonna pass on that one uh i'm not gonna do that 
I've had a couple people <laughs> say no uh, to it. Yeah, a couple people have said they don't want to do it. Mm. Um, most of the time, it's the death mattresses that'll say that they want to do it with me because um, they're they're used to like going through really painful things, <laughs> so they always say yes. So I had, you know, people that have done like these crazy death match tournaments that have done crazy death matches that I've done Lego matches with. Um, Decision yeah, of two ways about it. it. It hurts, right? It hurts. Yeah. It, it, it's more painful to me. It's more painful than barbed wire. It's more painful than thumbtacks. It's more painful than light tubes. Um, cause you're all bruised up too. Oh. So you get cut up in from it and then you also get bruised from it. So it hurts for like a week oh after. <laughs> yeah. There's some part of me that thinks you kind of like the, uh, the aftermath you have to at this point, right? I do. I think, <laughs> I think because I watched that deathmatch term as my first wrestling, there's something about deathmatch wrestling and like the pain of it and the craziness of it that just really interests me. Like, I think it's like I said before, it's like watching a real life horror movie and people love horror movies and they love getting scared and they love the adrenaline they get from it. And I think I'm the same way that I like love the reaction mm. that I get from people <laughs> about it. And I love, um, how how horrified everybody gets from it and i think i don't know it's like a sick <laughs> satisfaction about it well for me I, i'm not a sadist or whatever but um i've gotten one tattoo and it hurt for about 30 seconds and the rest of it i actually like the way it felt so i don't know what that says about me or how my wires are crossed but i can i can i can kind of see how that works a little bit at least the the pain mm -hmm. part of it so something i was curious about because i'm sure there's a ton of things but um what do you think the biggest misconception is about, you know, being a professional wrestler that people have? I think a lot of people think that we are like big, dumb, like drug heads <laughs> a lot of the time. Um, like that we're all jacked up on steroids and that we're, we're really stupid for liking something that's like fake. Um, and yeah, and then it's all this like fake joke kind of thing. Because um, I, I get people like the first one of the first questions I always get asked whenever I tell people about wrestling is they're like, "But isn't it fake?" And I'm like, "Yes, it's it's staged." But like me getting hit or kicked in the face is not going to hurt any less whether I know it's coming or not, you know. Um, so I think that's probably the biggest is that it's it's that we're all kind of like not the smartest people because we're liking something that's fake. And we don't know that it's fake or something. Um, and yeah, and that we're all jacked up on steroids. I think that's the other big misconception. Because there's all these big guys that are in wrestling. You know, the big body guys. Um, you know, the the old Lex Lugers and and uh, everything um, from the 80s kind of gives it a bad bad look. Yeah, everyone yeah those guys are jacked. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that that still kind of carries through because people now will always just remember wrestling from when they were a kid and they'll, and they'll think back to, to what they saw when they were younger and think that that's still the case when in reality, like most of the people now are like small and like flippy and, and do like gymnastics and stuff like that rather than like big bodybuilding guys. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. You'll go to a movie, you know, you'll go to these same people will go to a Marvel movie and they don't walk out saying, God, that was fake. Everything was fake. 
It's like you went to a performance, <laughs> bruh. What did you expect was going to... It's like, this is the exact same thing. It's a performance, right? I get it. And yeah, you were talking exactly. about like getting kicked exactly. in the face. I, I saw some clips of you like... There was one where you're kind of standing, uh, kind of limp, and somebody like jumps in the air, double kicks you in the chest, and you go from zero to 60 into the turnbuckle. And it's like, that is like really... Oh, yeah real there's like nothing fake about that like you didn't propel yourself at yeah. all that uh i know <laughs> it's like yeah. jesus that hurt like i could feel that in my chest so mm -hmm. yeah, yeah it's it's all like i say to people like we know the, the outcome it's predetermined but like when you fall onto the mat we call it taking a bump when you when you fall on the mat um it still hurts like every time like because you are literally just falling flat onto your back every time you you fall on the mat and it hurts every time like it is it is not fake in any way yeah when you said like you said you're not uh you're not big you are strong but what are you like five foot five all right so I'm you like are, <laughs> you're not tall but you are you are definitely strong so there's uh uh, misconception yeah. about everybody's a giant uh, is definitely uh, one that I would say you yeah. uh, dispelled pretty cleanly. Five foot two. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yet you're out there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're giving them the beans, man. I see you give them the onions in those videos. Like you're not holding back on anything. So mm -hmm. it's pretty, it's pretty stellar. Yeah. It like, I mean, for me, I sneeze wrong and like my back hurts for like two days. So like the stuff you're doing like blows my mind. <laughs> That's like trippy. Yeah. It takes a lot to uh, to take care of your body after a wrestling match. Like I do lots of stretching and I like get massages and I like take warm baths. So like you have to take care of yourself too. Otherwise you're going to be completely mm. Do you ever do like broken. ice baths and stuff? <laughs> yep. Uh, I haven't done the ice bath. I really want to though. I want to do the ice bath and there's like the cryogenic uh -huh. thing where you like sit in like the, uh, it's like a suit that's like cold or something. I don't know. Uh, I've seen all the athletes like hockey players. Yeah. Do I've been it. doing like. Try it. Like I'll go and I'll do something then I'll sit in the hot tub and that like helps a lot, but it makes me wonder like, would it be better? I mean, it would obviously be torture, but you're apparently accustomed to pain. I'm assuming yeah. you can handle, handle an ice bath as well as like a back full of Lego. So yeah, uh, it seems like it would actually be pretty yep. therapeutic, but I haven't attempted it yet. Do you ever, mm -hmm. do you ever come to school on Monday and you're just kind of like stove up <laughs> trying to be in front of the kids teaching? Yeah, I think I had um, a really bad black eye once uh, from getting kicked in the face, and um, I had to like cover it up as good as like as best as I could. And then all of the kids were like, "Oh my god, are you okay? Like, what's oh going on at home?" And I was like, "No, everything's fine." Like, I literally and I had to like make something up to like, fall <laughs> off my bike or something like that because um, the kid that was when the kids didn't know because that was when the admin at my school was like really um... not cool with wrestling. So I had to like make up stories and I get like, especially when I do death matches, I get like cuts all over my arms um, and I have to like wear long sleeves or I say like I fell off my bike or, you know, I walked into a door or something. Oh my like God. That. You are like handing um, out, yeah. you're like serving battered woman over here. Like pretty. Exactly. My partner gets really <laughs> mad because he's like, you have to wear sweaters when you go outside because I don't want people to see that you're like all bruised. Are you guys ever in public together when you've got some of those bruises and he's getting dirty looks? Okay. Yeah, so time. one time my wife, she's like super allergic to poison ivy. She like, our, 
our dog got into it and then she, we didn't know it. And so she ended up like getting it in her eyes. And so like her eyes were puffy. And so we were going to the pharmacy to get like steroids to like help knock it down or whatever. And the looks I was getting, I was like, you don't even know me. Like I am, I am the most passive yeah. person ever. If anything, I mean, she is like, she's like big into fitness and stuff. So she's like swole. So like she could pretty well, you know, snap me in half. So it's like, if anybody needs to be, you know, worry about my safety over here. Goodness gracious. It's wild. <laughs> so I'm assuming you've had some pretty decent injuries here or there. You always bounce back pretty well. Yeah, I've been really lucky uh, that I actually haven't had too many injuries. Um, and I think that's one of the things I'm, I'm like most proud of in my career is I have never hurt anyone else. I've never, like knock on wood on my desk here, um, that I've never hurt anyone else in a match. And I have very, very rarely been injured myself. Um, like the worst I did was I mm. broke my hand um, in a match one time. Uh, and that's about I was out for like maybe like six weeks and then I was fine um like I've gotten like bumps and bruises but like I've I've been really really lucky um I know people that like tear their ACLs and like break legs and like um yeah broken like clavicles and things like that and I haven't had any of that so I'm well when you have a clean record like that of like not hurting anybody else does that like help you book matches with other people like (laughs) I was gonna say I bet it actually does doesn't it it does yeah because people will will vouch for you so like just as an example like I was um I was asked yesterday to do a show last minute I was really busy I couldn't do it but I got asked yesterday to do it and um they said they're like well we heard from all these people that like you're really good and safe and we and we thought you'd be really great to come in last minute and i was like sorry I, like i can't but but it was that word of mouth that i you know i'm a safe worker and i know what i'm doing that got me you know a booking yeah. so you said last minute how much time do you guys like prep for a match like, like... oh it's, oh my god it's like an hour so you're choreographing all that stuff in yeah. an hour and you've obviously got to remember all the beats like to stay safe right that's the most important part yeah yeah so it's like you get to the show i try to get to the show a little early just because i'm hyper punctual um and uh you know you get there like maybe two hours before bell time you meet your event you talk about what you want to do you go through some stuff in the ring if there's any moves that like you you do that you want to show them um and then you just have to kind of go through it a few times backstage to remember it. But yeah, we usually only get a couple hours to put it together. Hmm. Do you guys, so, I mean, you're signaling each other too, right? Like when you're, when you're in a match, you signal yeah. each other in specific ways. Do you guys have like a, a safe word? Like if you actually get hurt, like something that's like. Um, not really, not a safe word. Like you can tell the ref usually the, if you tell the ref that, that you're injured and then they will tell the other person um, that you're injured and then the ref has a specific signal so the ref will do this if uh, someone's legitimately injured in a match um, but it's we mostly just talk to each other out there like we literally will just call our spots and say okay this is what's coming next okay this is what's coming next and we like you learn you learn how to speak like kind of quietly but like in the right way so that the other person can still hear you um, but some people don't talk at all which is really weird um, I wrestled like a, a couple weeks ago, uh, this guy who, who literally, when we went out there, didn't say a word to me. Was that like, like his shtick? Like word. he doesn't talk at all and or something? Just, 
it's his thing. Yeah, it's his thing. Uh-huh. He just doesn't talk. Um, and I'm like, I talk all the time when I'm in a match. Like, I just tell everyone what's coming next and, and talk all the time. Um, and so it was really weird having to, like, go through this whole match. Just, like, it's almost like shadow boxing. Like, you're kind of, like, doing everything and just seeing what their what their movement is and what they're going to do next to know what's coming next. Um, and you, yeah, you just have to know what the next spot is. Yikes. Yikes. That's wild. Yeah. Do you think... Uh... Yeah. So some of the some of the fun for me, like when I used to watch it as a kid, was um, like the announcers, like just saying crazy stuff nonstop. Mm. Uh, do you guys like on the independent stuff? Are there announcers pretty regularly? Yes, yeah, there definitely are. Um, mostly for the bigger companies, like for like a small company, like the one I work for every week, um, there is an announcer. But uh, we do have um, companies that have commentary. Um, you know, whether it's live or whether they add it over oh. afterwards um, in post-production, like they might do that. Um, but yeah, they it's still a thing on the independence and, and having a good announcer and having a good commentator is like really important to making a match good because they will put over, um, you know, the parts that you want them to really get across to the, to the audience. Like they'll really react loudly to a big move or they'll say like, oh, she's trying to do this and or, oh, he's like, he's working this one body part, like he's really going after her leg. And like, that might be part of the story of the match is that you're going after this leg. Um, And so, yeah, they can really like make or break a match. So when are you going to pick up the mic and become a commentator? I'm terrible (laughs) at commentary. So so you're saying you've attempted it. it. I, yeah, Uh, I did it um, in post-production once. Um, The problem was, I was extremely <laughs> intoxicated when I did it. <laughs> um, so I was really bad at it. And I was just saying a bunch of nonsense. And it still went on the DVD. Like we sold the DVD of it. And so there's a DVD out there with me just being drunk as hell on commentary. Um, talking about a match that made no sense. Um, well, so I haven't it sounds like you set that. the bar low. So now, now if you do it... Yeah slightly sober i mean it should be better right so you yeah so you can build it should up be better, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so apparently that's not something you aspire to no not really like i'm not a big talker like i don't like to do promos even when i do when i do matches i just like to do like let my uh, matches do the talking, i get it basically i get it. it does all the talking for you i get it i like that yeah. <laughs> so you have uh you have some moves right and I, well, what did I see? You call yourself the all American Canadian. <laughs> like what is, yes. what does that mean? Um, so it, it used to be this thing. I don't really do it that much anymore, but like my first time wrestling in the United States, I was like so excited because it's like a big thing when you're in Canada. Cause in Canada, we're kind of like on this Island of wrestling. Um, we don't get as many opportunities as people do in the States. Cause we're not close to WWE or to AEW. So when you get to go to the States, it's a big deal. Um, and I was just like, so excited about it that I was like super American for the day. Like I was like, I had like temporary tattoos of like American flags and I was like, had a little American flag and was like chanting USA all day. Um, so I, I had all that in my match when I came out for my match and, and everyone was just like, oh, so you're like the all American Canadian. Cause there's a wrestler called the all American American. Um, so everyone called me the All-American Canadian and uh, it just kind of stuck. And I had like American flag gear made and I was just like super patriotic <laughs> and yeah, 
That's hilarious. I like how, I mean, yeah. it's so obvious how you love this thing you're doing. Because you're talking about, oh, I got to go to America and I was so excited. And I got to go here and I was so excited. It's so funny that like as you're like knocking down these milestones, you just, you just, I mean, you're enjoying every second of it. It sounds like I, like to me, I want to be as excited about anything. You know what? I'm as excited about doing this podcast as you are about that. So like whenever I get somebody like so cool, <laughs> I super get hyped up. No joke. I like, I, I love it. So maybe I do have that thing, but I digress, go down my rabbit holes. You have some uh, some moves, right? Like everybody's got signature moves. Like what are you working with? Um, so I do. So my style is a little bit what we call strong style in wrestling, um, which is like a lot of striking, a lot of, uh, you know, big, strong power moves. Um, and I'm also a bit of a brawler. Like you won't find me doing like a really crazy chain technical match. Like I'm not much for that. Um, what I do instead are a lot of like knees to the face, <laughs> uh, you know, kicks to the head, um, big forearms, big running forearms, um, big suplexes. So I do like a lot of, uh, like I do a Northern light suplex. I do a fisherman suplex. I do an exploder suplex. I do a German suplex, um, like just lots of big throws and things like that. I think being like small and having like a low center of gravity, I can really like chuck people around really easily. Um, but yeah, so like strong style is is kind of like where my heart really is. Um, so a lot of chops too and big strikes. Um, I just find it really, really like fascinating that you can like go out there with someone and like beat the hell out of each other <laughs> and then like come back and be like, oh, that was great. I loved it. That was so much fun. Like I, I love that. Um, one of my favorite matches I had like right before the pandemic hit um, was me and this guy Holden Albright, who's great. Um, and we had this like crazy strong style match where we just like kicked each other and, and punched each other and chopped each other and went crazy. And then we came to the back after and we were like, oh my God, that was so fun. That was great. I loved it so much. Um, so that's, that's really kind of like what I'm working with is, is yeah, like strong mm. style. Imagine training. that somebody who likes death matches, uh, enjoying beating the hell out of people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, doesn't yeah. track at all. It's so funny. <laughs> Strong style. I like that. Yeah. So like whenever you're talking about people who like flipping stuff, like when I was a kid, what were they called? Like, um, like luchadors or whatever. Yeah. They were always Luchador, just doing yeah. the most bananas, yeah. like flips and then like flipping off the, the top ropes and like grabbing onto people and then hitting the mat, chucking them around and stuff like that. That seems like a very, mm -hmm. Uh, specific set of skills you have to have. It seems like also that would be tough to do safely for a lot of people. Yes. Yes. I think most of the injuries that I've seen have been on like high flying moves, um, which is why I'm very much a land <laughs> creature. Uh, I stay on the mat and I don't go to the top rope very often. Uh, if I do, it's just for like a big splash or something. Um, but yeah, like that's, to me, it's the most dangerous part of wrestling is doing that. Like, you can punch someone all day long and not hurt them. Like, you can kick someone and not hurt them. But, like, the second you're, like, flying through the air and landing and trusting that people will catch you, mm. that's where it gets dangerous. Because people do, like, flips to the outside and then they land on their feet and they, like, Oof. blow their knees out and stuff like that. And that's not for me. <laughs> not for you're me. in this for the long haul, right? All right. Longevity. Yeah. I get it. That's cool. Man, 
That's yeah. awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, we're actually getting pretty close to time. I try to be extremely respectful of time. Uh, like you were talking about, you're punctual. I try to be punctual myself. Uh, what is it? If you're, uh, if you're early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. It's kind of the way I feel about things a lot of times. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. having said that, uh, if folks out on the internet want to interact with you in some way, what's your preferred method for them to do that? Where do you want them to, to find you? Uh, so you can find me on Twitter mostly is where I'm most active. Um, I love interacting with fans and fans of wrestling. Uh, so I'm at Addie star R two R's on Twitter. Um, and yeah, if you send me a message or tweet me, I will most likely tweet you back because I love to, to talk to people on, on online. Uh, I'm also on Instagram, uh, Addie stars and stripes coming from the American <laughs> Canadian days. Um, and yeah, I post on Instagram too, mostly my dog. If you want to see my dog, you can definitely follow me on Instagram. Um, and I do have a Facebook page for Addie Star, but I don't check it very often. Um, so if you want to just go on there, just like follow up. Like I usually post like what I'm, what events I'm doing and stuff like that on there. Uh, but yeah, please, please feel free to interact. I love, I love talking to. Yeah. to fans. I actually found I you it. because uh, on Twitter I follow Graham Pooh Bear. And you tweeted, you're like, I wish he would commentate one of my matches or something like that. Oh, I love, he's my favorite streamer. <laughs> I watch him like every day. Really? How did, so. Yeah. I'm a big Twitch, Twitch All fan. Right, yeah, so are Twitch you, fan. well, for a little while he was doing his, uh, what do you call himself? Like Mick Flair or something? Yeah. Mick <laughs> he Flair, was doing yeah. the, what was that? Like the, yeah, there the it is. The GTA role play. Yeah. No pick yeah, I love. I watch that all the time. It was, I was thinking so much that's fun. probably what you really enjoyed. But uh, I think he made a, a key mistake is that he started with a voice, and it was like, man, now I've got to do this voice uh, for you know the rest of my life because uh, it sounded like it was yeah. like uh, pretty gravelly. Is probably uh, rat Ron is uh, yeah. throw it out a little bit. But I actually found him through the Mario stuff. Yeah. Like I'm a I'm a big fan of like the oh, the Mario yeah. runs because he's an exceptional uh, Mario. Right? Like, do you still are you oh, still yeah. on board with uh, watching play Mario? Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, my partner is a huge SNES fan. Uh, he has almost every single SNES cartridge ever created, um, and so we watch all the Super Mario. And his favorite game is Super Mario World, so we always watch oh, the ROM hacks it. and everything. And it's like we don't even have Netflix. We just watch Twitch. That's where I spend most of my time. I'm generally either on YouTube or Twitch. There's not a whole lot of in between for me. Yeah. That's so weird. Yeah. That's so funny. All right. Well, it's yeah. this is kind of what I love about this thing. Like I sometimes find people in the most random of ways, um, and they're honestly kind enough to answer a DM and. I think this was like from initial contact to actually recording. This was probably the fastest one I've ever done. So uh, it was, I nice. can't appreciate your availability enough. And um, honestly, my like takeaway from you is it's definitely feel the fear and do it anyway. Like just like this person's amazing. I want to work with them. It's going to be scary, but I'm going to do it anyway. Like that is, that is so cool. Mm -hmm. And also, the idea of marrying your two worlds together, right? Like teaching and uh, the thing you're passionate right. about. I uh, I think that's awesome that you're starting to reluctantly move that direction. I think there's like an episode of Community where uh, I don't know if you ever watched that or not, but uh, I think I have. Yeah, a couple times. there's a yeah. main guy, uh, Jeff. He says, uh, "I uh, what does he say? 
I don't ask for responsibility. I reluctantly accept it when it's thrust upon me. So it sounds like you're uh, mm. reluctantly accepting it. <laughs> me. I think that's awesome. And I think yeah. we need more, um, we need more fearless people out there advocating for uh, folks in their space. So I think it's, it's like so cool what you do, because especially when you got started a uh, very uh, unfriendly environment, you found yourself behind enemy lines a lot. It sounds like, and you persevered, you pushed through. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you let your love of the game uh, get you through there. And I think that's an awesome lesson for anybody at any point. And I appreciate you coming on. No problem. It was really right. fun. I had a great Rock time. And roll. 10 out of 10. We'll do again. Let's, uh, let's, uh, let's put a pin in it. So thank you. Thank you all the listeners, questions, comments, please find Addie go. And you already, you heard her. She wants to interact. She likes fans. Um, you're on, you're basically on another planet cause I'm in Texas, you're in Canada. So it's so far apart, but, uh, given the opportunity, whatever you hit something nearby area ish, Texas is big. Uh, but you say you've done stuff down here before. So if you ever come back, I'm definitely going to go out of my way to make sure I come to one of your shows. So I'm going to, I'm going to click stop. Awesome.